Hello everyone, my name is George. This is episode 4 of the Classic Pinball Podcast. It ain't just any plain old silver ball. It's the fastest moving pinball ever. Quicksilver. I'm now joined by my co-host, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, George. Now let's get to Quicksilver. Dave, why don't we start with the history of Quicksilver? Quicksilver was one of the hits from 1980 that Stern put out. Stern was pretty put, pretty much put out a, uh, a new game every month in 1980. Uh, they also did the late 70s and early 80s as well. But 1980 was their year. They put out, like for instance, these games here. Galaxy, Ali, Big Game, Sea Witch, Cheetah, Quicksilver, Flight 2000, Stargazer, Nine Ball. That's all in order when they're released. Galaxy in January and ending with Nine Ball in December. And funny thing about Flight 2000, they put out in, um, it, in August of 80, Flight 2000, and also in August of 80, Stargazer. And same thing with, with uh, Cheater and Quicksilver. They're like sister games too. In, uh, let's see, it was a June of 80 Cheetah, June of 80 Quicksilver. Right, but they're putting these games out. And if you look at the numbers, and especially Quicksilver at 1,200, some of these games are really low production. I Now I understand why they're in great demand. And you and I have had this discussion, and it's probably the right spot to put it. I use the half every 10 years of the number that were produced. But in the case of Quicksilver, I did the numbers. You go from 1,200 to 600 to 300 to 150 in 40 years. If you go out to Pinside, they identify 61 machines right away. So what do you think? You think there's more than 150 games worldwide? I don't think so. That sounds about right. That sounds probably about 150 games out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have, uh, I don't know, about three or four of them over the past five years have come through my restoration place. Well, the ones I've seen online are really beat up, and I understand why they've made a reproduction, but that'll come in a later segment. Sure. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of machines produced by Stern, but also if you look at Bali in the same time frame, they produced a lot of games too. Yeah, ba- Bali. You, you say Bali, I say Bali, tomato, tomato. But uh, <laughs> I hey, say, hey, I say hey, 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 hey. <laughs> not with the accents. <laughs> You're from New Jersey, so we we can, you know. <laughs> I'm from, I, I'm from Boston. Most people wouldn't know that. <laughs> Just um, have to say coffee. There you go. How do you say coffee? Coffee. coffee. Okay. Coffee. Right. Um, yeah, for Bali, they 1980 was their in my opinion, my, uh, you know, honest opinion. Um, they didn't really very, very from a production standpoint, the number of games. They oh yeah. Well, I'm looking at the list. Nitro Ga- ground shaker, silver ball mania, rolling stones, mystic, hot dogging, Viking, skateball, frontier. Am I missing one? Yeah. Here's another one down below. Xenon. That's a lot of games. Same thing. A lot of I games. Mean, 1980 was a rich year for, you know, both, you know, both companies, I guess, is where I'm going. It was. Oh, yeah. No, they put out, they put out, uh, it's, I, I call them like Playmates, you know, like Miss October or whatever. You know, it, it's kind of like that, you know, and they were all in, in competition with each other. It was uh, pinball was on fire. They were, you know, 
everybody's clamoring for them. You find a pinball machine like this everywhere, laundromats, bars, arcades. You, you trip over them. You know, people would just keep, you know, sometimes the operators would call in, hey, this thing isn't taking uh, games anymore. No one can play it. Yeah, the coin boxes overflow with quarters. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it was a good time. It was a good time in pinball. Did you know that there was a pinball, by definition, produced under the Quicksilver name before this game? I did not know that. No. I went to the books Janice bought me a long time, probably when I first got into the hobby. And, you know, those Marco Rossignoli books. Oh, yeah. Yep, I know those books, yeah. Pinball memories. I went to look up Quicksilver. I'm thinking, oh, okay, they're going to have the Stern game. Nope. 1935, J.H. Keeney's Quicksilver, the first game to use a free play coin mech. By definition, it's a pinball, but no flippers. And here's the great thing. They have the ad, $67.50. Wow, times have changed. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and, and they called the people that sold them. I thought this was a wild name. Nation's Leading Jobbers and... They have the company from Boston, Trimount Coin Machine Company on Washington Street. Hi, that sounds that place sounds familiar. I've heard of that that place somehow in my travels. It sounds familiar. I must, I must see a sticker on a game at some point come through here. Yeah, this thing's small too. It's like a tabletop thing, twenty inches by forty inches. Hmm. Yeah. Just weird. Yeah. Hey, trivia fact. I did my I did my homework. I did my research. How's that? That's good. <laughs> Very good. Um, what else about the history? Do you want to talk about the people who were involved in development? Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, basically, um, you know, Joe Jews Jr., he designed the game. Um, he did a couple games uh, by them. Um, you, want me to, you want me to go through them? Yeah. Go ahead. Go through them. I got the list in front of me. See you again. Researched. He did Catacomb, Dragon Fist, Hypnox, whatever the heck that is. Oh, Hypnox. Yep. Laser Lord, Production One. Okay. Lightning, uh, Quicksilver, obviously. And let's see, page two here. Um, Viper. Well, they make a lot of those either. Viper. So those are the games he worked on, but he also worked for Williams. Yeah, I think yeah, he did Catacomb, correct? Pretty sure yes, he did. I just said, yes, yeah, he did. Yeah, Catacomb. Yeah, so he, so his only real gem in the 1980s, which is the, the, the stellar year for Stern, was the Quicksilver. Otherwise, when you start getting the early 80s, you're getting these other games that they were kind of they're kind of running out of ideas or or trying new. And that's a good thing about Stern, though. They tried all the wacky stuff. They were not afraid to experiment. So we're going to get to the wackiest in a little bit. Oh yeah, no, I think I know where you're going with that one. <laughs> but, but let's uh, talk about the Williams games because I'm not re- I'm familiar with one of them, but I'm not familiar with all of them. So maybe you can comment. Bad cats. Bad cats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Leave it at that. Black Knight <laughs> 2000. Cyclone. That's a good game. Cyclone. It sold ten, almost ten thousand units. Um, yeah, Joker, not not a big fan. Jokers. Not a big fan of that one either. Okay, we'll strike it out. How about Pinbot? Um, kind of like uh, a lot like Galaxy, okay. really. Police um, Force. Police Force. 
No, not a big fan. And uh, Bride of Pinbot. Don't really care for that one, but the guys that did the uh, the, the redo on that, uh, that's a pretty interesting game. Well, these are all, uh, I mean, well, I get, wow, you're cutting down the number of games we're going to be reviewing. We're going to have shows <laughs> where we're doing like 20 games. Although I came, I came up with an idea. Uh, uh, tell me what you think. We could do some shows where we do the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, sure. So, game we like, good, bad, game we don't like, ugly, just, you got it. Just, could be a great game, but it's just ugly. That gets, okay. three, that gets three machines out of the way in one show. I like that. That's good. Okay. That works. Okay. Another idea. We'll put it on the we'll put it on the burner. What else do we need to know about history? Well, well, I'll tell you the the artwork. Let me tell you about the uh, artwork. Oh, you want uh, to go there right away? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Doug Watson. I got a story about him. Um, when he made this game, he wanted to use a green playfield, and the powers that be at Stern said, and I think other pinball designers and the big wigs above the designers said, no, 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 you can't use green. Green doesn't work. No one likes green in the pinball machine. Use other colors, but green is definitely a no-no. Well, he wasn't one to uh, fall into line with that kind of stuff. So he said, I don't think so. Screw you guys. I'm using green. <laughs> so he did. Um, and it came out great uh, with, with the green there. And I um, went to one of his talks, uh, my wife and I, in early 2000s, Texas Pinball Festival. And he was doing a seminar there on all his artwork and what he's done. And he used to work for the, all these guys from that time for all these artists. There's some great artwork. And the reason why it's so nice is because they used to work for ad agencies, a place called Ad Poster. So um, all his artwork was inspired. And, and, and you can tell the Quicksilver artwork in the back class is from Heavy Metal Magazine. And actually, the Heavy Metal Magazine is almost, it's almost an exact, you know, uh, you, can, you can say rip off. You can say homage to. So Doug Watson was up there, and he's saying about the you know Quicksilver and the other games he had there, and uh, and about the green and the playfield. And then I noticed in the playfield because I you know do a lot of close up touch up work and so forth and clean the playfields. I'm seeing all the artwork in the playfield, and I'm noticing one thing on the playfield that just looked a little I don't know obscene a little bit. You know, it looked like a male. Male appendage, let's say. Oh, you know? you're going there? Sure. <laughs> I, went, I, went, I went there right in front of him, in front of everybody oh, else. Okay. I, I was, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking something totally different. Okay, go ahead. So I said, hey, hey, Doug, uh, I noticed someone I was cleaning a play field. I looks a little kind of male appendage kind of thing. And he said, do you see a male appendage on the play field? Like, and I, then I quickly recovered and said, no, no, my wife over here, she noticed it. You know, so I recovered quickly on that one. <laughs> but uh, he said, no, no, that's just uh, that's just mercury or, you know, that kind of the flow of it. It's like, OK, but it really I don't know. It really yeah, does. No, I've heard look, other yeah. podcasts <laughs> refer to this when they talk about the games. I whatever. I confronted him, though. I went right up to him and confronted him in front of everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> but he didn't know he didn't own up to it. No, nope, he did well, not. I mean, I, I took this, this is crazy. I took this wacky English class when I was in high school about advertising and subliminal messages. 
And Coke was notorious for this with their bubbles. And, you know, if you look at the way that the Coke was distributed through the bottle, there was definite sexual innuendo underlying in a lot of their ads. So for him to place that, if he's an ad guy, like you said, you know, this is the early 70s when I was in school. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely believe he did that intentionally. But I have a different, I have a totally different take on, instead of the heavy metal, I think it's more based on Peter Max. Are you familiar yeah. with Peter Max? Peter Max? The, the... Give, me some, give me some examples. I've heard of him, but I don't really have it come to mind. Well, again, see, here, here's the generational thing. And we're only a couple years apart, but the late 60s and 70s, and if you go, you know, go look up Peter Max if you're young. Psychedelia. I'm looking right now. Yep, I see what you're saying. Right. So if you look at the genre of what Watson did with that back class, the color scheme might not be the same because of the whole green thing you just talked about. But it certainly is in the same artistic realm. You can definitely draw comparisons. Okay. Yeah, kind of kind of psychedelic. I see a little bit, but I don't I don't know. I, I see more that, that Peter Max is a little more in something like hot dogging, right? Oh sir oh certainly because it's the color scheme and yeah the the you know the hot dogs, the balloons, call them whatever you want. But if you look at that there's one Peter Max uh, uh, painting and forgive me I don't know the name of it. But if you look at the person or whatever the figure is on the back of Quicksilver, you can definitely identify it with a piece of Peter Max artwork. That's all I'm saying. It's not okay. exact, but you can see where he kind of he, he, de- he was definitely taken a little bit here and a little bit there. And if you start okay. looking at all the other games this guy worked on, I mean, they're to- I mean, Doug, his artwork's all over the place. Yeah, it is. There's no, I think he was just gun for hire and it's like, hey, we need a, we need artwork to look like X. Okay, I can do that. Bring me, bring me, did it. Pretty much, these guys are all gun for hire. They, they never really worked for They got contracted to the different pinball manufacturers. They never really worked for them directly. So, they got so, I, so I have a color question for you. This is, a, again, yeah. a good spot for it. Is there a specific, I'm sure you're familiar with, I hope I'm saying it right, Pan, Panatone, all the different yeah, Pantone. Variations, you know, the wheel, yeah. call it whatever you yeah. want. Is, yeah, there a, is there a number for that green? There probably is. Someone like our, our friend Joel will be able to answer that one. Good. Okay. He's yeah, our... we'll, 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 we'll ask him that at some point. So that's one. And the second is, did Stern have, uh, did they buy like thousands of gallons of black and silver paint? Because all their, all their uh, cabinets just were, I mean, the cabinet on this game is just awful. Horrible. It's, I don't it know. It's not appropriate. I think it's kind of endearing. Game, I kind of like it. make that thing. If you took the, 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 the colors and the artwork off the back of that game and put it on the side art of that game, it would look intense. George, George, it's Quicksilver. Get it? Silver. Yeah, Quicksilver. Yeah, quick, yeah, Quicksilver in the pocket. That was it. Here, you have one stencil. <laughs> Done. I mean, that's, that, really. And then, and then this feeds into, I'm out on IPDB, and 
they're showing a picture of the left side of the cabinet. And Jesse, as much as you've done for the hobby, you know who I'm going to talk about. Jeff, what's his last name? Kuja, Kujawa? Is that his last name? Yeah, that's awesome. for, NASA, for NASA. Yes. Yep, right? awesome. But they have a picture he took. He's got a lawnmower stoned under it. There's a big gash in the side of it. I'm like, guys, there's got to be a better picture out there than this one. And Jesse, thanks for sending it in to those guys. But man, that's that's just sad commentary with all the nice machines that are out there. This is on Quicksilver he's got it on no, there? No, it's on IPDB. No, I know. I'm, I'm on there right now and I'm looking. So Yeah, he's, yeah I, Quicksilver. Go to the bottom and you'll see the picture. It's I think it's the left side of the cabinet. Okay, cabinet right, cabinet left. Okay, I'm going to check it right now. Boom. Oh, oh it's horrible. <laughs> no, with the lawnmower? The lawnmower. What the? That's, see, there's no respect there. Come on. There's no logos in that. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I did my homework on this one. Uh, let's see. Where do we go next? Well, we talked about the silver and the, and, the, and oh, stern cabinets in general. We could, you know, and Quicksilver is one of them. A lot of the stern cabinets, true. You have a good point. They did do two tone, paint it one color. And boom, throw down one stencil with one other color, and you're done. Um, I'd say, you know, Sea Witch, a little different. They actually, you got two colors on there. Actually, well, three colors total, including the base. Um, but a lot of times they uh, they did that. Uh, I'm looking right now at some other stuff, like Flight 2000, three color. But I, I'd, I'd say it's in the minority with the with the two color, or at least I half guess, a color. I guess, I guess I've been looking at too many of the newer machines that are being manufactured yes i know they're decals but my point is you could really do up given the color scheme of quicksilver i think you could make a much more exciting looking cabinet i guess that's my point you gotta but you gotta understand is like back in this time back in this time Oh, I so get many... it. They were just throwing them out the door. They they well, paid them black for all they cared. I mean, yeah, what's, it, what's it, the one game? Bon, not bonsai. Um, the the kung fu theme helped me. All it says is Dragon stern Fist? on the side of the machine. Dragon, Dragon Fist. Dragon Dra Fist. Yeah, 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 it yeah, says uh, stern. I mean, yeah, I'm, geez, right, right, right. Viper, same things. But that's that's the 1981. That's basically that's when they kind of said, well, we don't really care about. We're not going to put any time into that. We're we're getting, we're running out of the door here. We're getting kicked out of our office because we're going bankrupt or whatever they're doing. So they just kind of okay. Well, we're not going to pay attention to that. But back in this time, from in the seventies and eighties, there were so many games out there, so many arcade lineups. They'd stack them all next to each other. You wouldn't even see the uh, artwork anywhere. Oh, no, no, I understand it being buried in a bank of games. I, 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 I like I said, I, I think I prefaced it by saying I've. I've looked at too many of the newer games and just look at the artwork and say, wow, that's a cool looking game. It's period specific. The sounds of these games are freaking awesome. Um, especially Quicksilver. It has the, I'd say it is the best bonus countdown in pinball. Here's what it sounds like when you lose a ball after maxing it out. That's a that's a great sounding game. How's that? It was really good. 
Yeah, you know you've done something at Quicksilver when you've done something. <laughs> totally, totally different sound package than what I'm used to. So, uh, so now when you, I'm going to do that again. And now since I I got a, I got a maxed out thing, it has seventy five thousand point holdover that you're going to hear at the very end of the next ball loss. So let's do that. Well, first here's an extra ball sound. <laughs> That held over from last ball. Now we'll get some letters here. And you still there, George? Yes, I'm still here. I'm listening. So now we're going to lose the ball here. Real good. I didn't interrupt at that time. Especially, and all the a lot of these stern games, when you maxed out the bonus and maxed out the multiplier, you'd get a little uh, celebratory dance, you know, with, with sound and light when you did that to know you did something. And uh, so, a couple games. I think Stargazer did it. Quicksilver, Sea Witch. Mm, I th- oh, uh, Meteor did it, and maybe one other. But I think that's. I think that was about it. There was, there was, you know, a handful did did that whole little dance thing. You definitely know you achieved something when you max things out. And but out of all of those that did it, Quicksilver did did the best. Well, I told you before we started recording that uh, I watched a couple of uh, broadcasts, and yeah, the sounds are great on that game. Um, and the gameplay is. It's not a complex game by any stretch, but it's a man. Is that a? That's a fun game. Playing it at your house. I've only that's the only place I've ever played it. Obviously, with so many, you know, so few games out there. It's a sweetly designed table. Just I the, just love that Target Bank. The Target yeah, Bank well, is why oh, yeah. they don't do that. Well, they kind of did it, I guess, in the Beatles remake. You know, of uh, of Sea Witch is. Quicksilver and see which four bank target in the same spot. Yes. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. Oh. If if not, then it's pretty darn close. If it's not, it's pretty darn close. They kind of kept the geometry. Um, they made a little, they made it a little easier, you so know, who because designed see which. That is Mike Kubin. Huh. Well, it's the same company, so right. It doesn't it really wouldn't matter, I guess. I that's that's not something I've ever heard anybody ever talk about. What comparing the two? Where the target bank is on the game. I've never heard anybody okay. even, you know, refer to it, you know, saying, Hey, are they in the same spot? You might have, uh- not me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, if I had them both in front of me, I can definitely tell you for sure. But I am pretty sure they are um, they're either exact or pretty darn close. Well, 
I think more games should have it. I, I love that part of the game, that aspect of the game. Well, I think Quicksilver does it better. I think Quicksilver, the way you can sweep that bank of four just right, if you do it just right, you'll get all four. Very tough to do. You can get three a lot of times, two a lot of times. If you get it wrong, you're going to hit the first target, and boom, it's going to go right down the middle, or you get, or you bounce it right up the, the backing rubber behind it. It also, in this game, they, they did a lot of cool, interesting um, uh, sound manipulation, let's say. So if you get one target down with that, it makes a certain noise. You get two down, it makes a different noise. Three down, different noise, and, and four down, a whole different noise. So you know you really did something. So a good sound feedback you would get with these games. I didn't pay that close attention. The thing that got me with this game was the left-hand hole and how you can increase the target value. Does that target value hold? I think the answer is yes. Throughout the game? Yes, it does. Yep. Wow, that's pretty cool. How about the uh, bonus multiplier? Does that hold through the game too? It does. Uh, I have some special software I put in the game that it gets rid of that, but it's a little bit buggy and... um, I forget you lose something else by doing that. It kind of, I think the spinner sound isn't right or something. It, it messes something up. Um, the other, the other little software bug in this game that, you know, kind of bugs me, uh-huh, so to speak, is uh, when you get the extra ball. So you get extra ball by spelling quick. Well, you get extra ball lit when spelling quick. And then you have to, then the, then the, uh, the lights per Q-U-I-C-K will move around. Uh, when you hit certain things in the play field, they'll move around. So it's hard. So basically it's a um, hard to get extra ball that way. It's always moving around. Uh, when you do achieve it, well, first of all, when you, when that's on like that, the, um, I believe the lights turn off. I mean, I can find out for sure by doing this. I got it right in front of me. The lights turn off for, for the top quick and just the one lane will, will light, you know, it'll flash. It's, uh, it's not GI up there for the lanes. It's actually a feature light. Oh, that's the other weird thing about this game is that those lights are not GI. Yeah, they're feature light because it wants to enhance where you're going to, um, you know, where you're going to, you know, shoot the ball into. But the thing is, once you achieve that extra ball, those lights don't turn back on again. They stay off. Well, and, and this is probably a good spot to, to introduce this. So in looking at their brochure, their ad for the uh, for the game, they have an add-a-ball feature for up to five balls. How does that work? Well, that means you can stack extra balls. So, so I'm thinking of add-a-ball as, you know, you lose a ball, the next ball comes up. You lose a ball, the next ball comes up, like an extra ball. That's not the same thing, is it? Uh, no, add a ball. It, it is so basically, add a ball means you can stack extra balls. That's what it's saying. You can stack them, okay? You know, stackable. That's all it's saying. So, how do you stack them on that game? In this game, I'm, I'm not sure because I never turned that feature on in this game. Uh, I know on Stargazer, I know on Stargazer, I know you do it, but on Quicksilver, I've never. I would say, if I was to guess, I would say you would turn. Uh, specials, all the specials in the game would be equal extra ball instead of getting a free game. And that way you would basically, if you spell quick and then hit the letter that's flashing for extra ball, and that now you get extra ball number one, still play the same ball, and now you get a special extra ball number two. Uh, and there's multiple specials on the game. There's the drop targets on the right is a special. 
There's a special lane up so top. So you're telling and special... me that on a three-ball game, you could have eight or more balls? One, two, three. Yeah, you probably could. I just worked. I just worked on a, on a nitro ground shaker for a customer, and uh, they had the game all set up that way. So everything was an extra ball. It was I, I was stuck on ball one for I don't know a half hour. I was like, this ain't for me. <laughs> no, yeah, but well, hey, it's their game. They can play it the way they want. Exactly. Um, yep. Is there anything else about the sound package or gameplay yeah, well, we want to talk about? Okay, go. Yeah, I can even demonstrate. Go. Floor is yours. All right. So let's, uh, let's press out a game here. So that saucer you're talking about that increases the value of the drop targets, so sweepable for drop targets, right. that's a really nice sound. In fact, I put a subwoofer on this game a while back, and it really sounded good, but check this out. How's that? Not sure it's coming across the way you want it to. All right, let's try this one. Oh, that's pretty neat. How was that? Yeah, it's 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 not it's not bad. I mean, it's hard. It's I don't know. Something might be the mic on uh, on your phone. It, it's okay. Let me try. All right. So, getting drop targets down. If you get one down. You get two down. Let me try the three in a second here. Now here's three down. And his four down at the same time. Yeah, all, all a little bit different. Yeah. So you can you can hear it almost going one, two, three, four. And what that sound was right there was uh, spelling quick. I spelled quick by getting those four drop targets down five times. Every time you get the drop targets down the four bank in the middle there, it gives you a, a letter. I, I wanted to talk about this for a second. I love this part of the game where you can obviously go through lanes or hit uh, stationary targets to spell Quicksilver, but by knocking down all four targets, like you said, also adds the next letter. Right. I wish that that was a feature on Paragon. And I know I set my Paragon up on the random generator for the letters, but it would be nice if there was some way on Paragon where you could earn a letter without having to put it in the saucer. Uh, you, oh, you know what? You can't. You're right. You can get bonus, but you can't. Yeah, that's true. We you can make a it little ad that it would be nice. I, but a lot of people don't send it up with it, you know, with the random generator. They just have it so that it spells it out, you know, one, two, three, four, you know, right. Which I yeah. don't like. I like the randomness. I mean, if I like know, random too, right? Yep. I mean, it makes it harder. And Stearns made this little happy seven flash sound. Dallas did not. Dallas would just give you a flashing seven flash on the MPU to let you know you're all the way booted up. Stern would actually do the flashing MPU seven times and give you a sound feedback so you don't have to take the, uh, the glass off, the back glass off to see what's going on, which is a nice little feature they did. Another thing Stern did over Bally is they would show you on ball, and the end of ball two, going into ball three, they would, they would flash, here's the high score date to go for, make, it, make this third ball count to go for it, 
and they, they showed up at all four displays. Bally didn't do that. So Stern had a lot of innovation back in this time uh, versus its bigger brother, Bally, who was more like, Bally's more like the Cadillac. And these guys are more like, I don't know, a, uh, an Italian road car. Well, I'm surprised because you can hear me, but you can't hear the sounds. Yeah. I can actually even open the door up. Try again. Can... Try again. All right. Let me get more volume in. How's that sound? Much better. Okay. All right. So let's go with the spinner first here. That's unlit spinner. Here's a lit spinner. Oh, that's those sounds are much better. Okay. So spinners are meant to spin. So I have my spinners spin a long, long time. So here is a lit spinner on Quicksilver versus unlit. So unlit first. It's a drop target, sorry. Because the spinner, unlit. And it spins for a good long time. Let's try a lit spinner. Now let's try a pop-up. They sound great. They have a great decay action. To then uh, drop targets. This is the sweepable one. So I'll do one, then two, then three, then four. Try one. Two. And three. And four. Those sounds are much better than uh, the earlier recording. Uh, Good. I can under I can understand now why people like this game. It's got great sounds. How do the mechs on a Stern game compare to the Bali games that I own? The Bali games are more robust. They um, they use more real you know real solid metal. Um, Stern got a bad rep early on for using almost like a pot metal thing. Even on, so, on their early stuff, like even um, oh games like Stars and that kind of thing, the, the chime, the chimer games, pinball. the Trident, pinball, more like pot metal, and so much so that the the metal actually after years would kind of turn a little white dust would be on it, like from a little corrosion. Right. Um, and they would they wouldn't as as reliable. Uh, They'd have metal on metal contact for, for resetting drop targets is metal on metal on there. And after, cause you know, when they made these games, it's like, Oh, people play them for two years and throw them out and get the next model. They're not going to have like 30, 40, 50 years. Oh, no, they they were never, we, we know they were never intended for that. I, I get, I think my question, you know, specifically surrounds target banks and yeah, you kind of answered the question. I mean, there are a lot of different variety of Bali target banks that they're not all the same, but mechanically they're similar. Um, but, but similar, but Bali did a lot better with robustness. For instance, their wear areas would have nyliners, like like nylon, 
uh, as a bushing between right. two metal pieces. Right. Stern did not do this. Stern just did metal on metal. Okay. Oh, okay. Grind, so grind over time, you get oh, grooves, yeah. fatigue. Exactly. Yep. So, yep. so uh, again, my na- being naive, you can't swap mechs between the two games. You can swap all the different boards, but when it comes to, well, maybe not sound boards, but the main boards, um, mechs are not interchangeable. Well, well, you could. Someone could take a stern mech and put it into a ballet game. Um, right, but I'm saying they're not interchangeable like, you know, bali to bali. I mean, no, like rip, say- rip it out of one and put it in the other. It's the same thing. Uh, you mean like from uh, uh, like, like a saucer or you know certain target banks are the same, um, you know flippers obviously. Yeah, well, no, they, you know I've no, converted no. all my games back to you know traditional or or first gen flippers rather than you know the later generation centaur and beyond because um, they play better. They just you know and that was you. I mean I converted all my games over. Yeah, you can't. It's it's they're not directly swappable. You can't take a, a drop target bank and, and just like, oh, I'm going to swap it into a ballet game over here. It's, it's not really the same thing. Like, and same thing with their drop targets themselves are not the same drop target as ballet uses. It's a different geometry. All right. I'm just saying some nitpickers out there will say, well, that's not totally true. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Go ahead. Start. Okay. So the interchangeability boards, you got the, the sonar driver board, lamp driver board. Directly swappable to to the Bally stuff. Bally and Stern are the same. The um, soundboards, no, they did hand, handle the sound differently. Uh, Stern games took the sound directly off of the um, the CPU chip, and Bally did that more locally on their soundboard uh, instead. So you can't swap those around at all. You can swap the uh, the MPU. The uh, Stern can go, especially the older Sterns, the uh, the MPU one hundreds can swap into the Bally dash 17. Right. But I, I'm, I'm thinking most people out there, you know, other than pure collectors are buying Altex or now the new Weebly board or whatever, you know, there's an assortment of different boards out there. You know, they're up. Yeah. My, I'd my, like my to point pr- is that's, that's the easy one. And the rectifiers are the same as well. Right. I mean, they're, they're the same thing. Uh, um, well, you're saying that the Stern versus Bally, yeah, you can actually swap them around a little bit, but the um, the the way it's made, the Stern is one big, big huge board in the bottom, and the Bally is more can compact. So I've seen people take a Bally one and put it in the Stern that's missing, and it works, but it doesn't it looks kind of hacky? Right. But it gets it gets a job done. Um, and to do with Stern to a Bally, you can do that too, but you got to kind of take the the big board apart. You know, it's doable, but it's not like a direct, easy swap right, like the, right. the, no, I'm thinking the older machines with the, uh, you know, the smaller rectifier board in the back box for Bollies. I don't know yeah. if, if Stern did the same and put it in the back no. box or down into no. the actual cabinet, but the smaller board, not later Bollies where yeah. uh, no, the rectifier about that. was in, the, in right. the cabinet and it's a bigger yeah, you're board. Talk, yeah. Games, yeah, the 79 games like Kiss and that kind right. of thing, those smaller board, those boards are, are directly... You can get by and throw that into an old into a, a older Stern game, and you can. It's a little bit hacky, but it works. Um, but the, when they kind of when when Bally did the other stuff with like uh, Eight Ball Deluxe and, and other games like that, no, it's a different uh, different set of connectors and everything else. They did a little different different thing with it. So no on that. Okay. So basically, you know, long story short, the uh, 
the, the sonar driver board and lint driver board easily. They can go in any game you want without any problem. Boom, boom, done. You know, those are the most easy ones to easiest ones to do. Before we go there, I just want to finish one thing up with the replacement boards in Stern Games, the Alltechs and the rest of them. I, I've only tried out you know Alltech from a couple years ago, and you know it does a really nice job in most games. But I found when I had one in my Quicksilver, the sounds weren't um, just the same as a a real Stern board in there. It was different. It didn't sound quite right to me. So, but I think only if you're you know really know the game really well, you're going to notice that. But I notice the stuff. I, I know I, I play these games so often. I grew up with them. I can tell differences. I'd love to kind of get uh, the Weebly board, you know, Andrew's board in here and try that and see if, if his is different. But I think what it is, it's the it's the CPU. The sounds run direct, directly up the CPU. And I think by maybe the different flavor of the CPU they're using now versus the older one, I think it changes it, the sound a little bit somehow. So, um, but that's just a little little factoid there. I, I would never notice it, but I know you would, and I know probably every single one of your games has an original NPU in it. You probably, but you, know, you are correct, you, sir. No, right, but <laughs> you know, I'm probably not far off either. That you know, the hobbyist, most people are putting you know new boards. I see it all the time. People are just oh, getting yeah. rid of the old stuff because it's you know. If you don't have the skill set to keep it repaired, you know, the other ones, let's face it, are close to bulletproof. Sometimes. Have, well, right. right. Sometimes yeah, not. Right. As long as the connectors <laughs> are done and, yeah, right. you go through all that. But sure. You and yeah. I do that with our games. It's it's right. funny. I was out on, on Pinside trying to help somebody, and God forbid, I don't know why I did this. Um, but it, it felt like the accusation of, well, did you change the connectors? It's like, I was changing connectors before you even thought about changing <laughs> connectors. So, like, it, you know, I, I, I felt like I was being talked down to, and I'm like, I'm just trying to help you. And it wasn't even a connector question. It's like, did you start with maybe the rectifier board is crap and probably start there? That's usually, you know, that's usually where we start from. You need good power. You need good power. You need good connectors. You know, these connectors are old. They've been, they're only good for so many insertions, so many on and offs. And, and then they're, they're toasty. They're not springy anymore. You know? So. No, I know that, you know that, and you know, I've done all my games and it's a pain in the neck, but it's, you want a game that's it, reliable. That's the way to do it. You know what it is. We get a lot of people out there new to the hobby a couple of years in, and they don't really realize there's people here that have been a long time with rec games, pinball and so forth, been around the block a long time, more time than they are. It's like, you know, uh, you know, you don't know who you're talking to out here. We kind of been around the block. We kind of, you know. I, I, I kind of look at it in a different light. It's like I've suffered a lot more than you have. There you go. Yeah, exactly. We suffered and through. You, we learned. You know that. Dave, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit, a bit about the uh, parts or restoration parts that are available for Quicksilver? Well, years ago when I was start, first started restoring these, there was not really much available at all. You had to go on eBay and find stuff. And I really scored a while back when um, I found a Cheetah New Stock Playfield years ago on eBay for, I don't know, I think it was like 100 bucks, 150 bucks or whatever. And I scored that puppy and sent it off to my clear code guy. And that was great since sold that game. But that was an awesome Cheetah I had. Um, but otherwise, uh, later in the game, John Greatwich. Um, he was at one point uh, in his career there 
hooked up with some of the CPR guys a little bit, then they kind of branched off a little bit. And he started taking on the task of, of classic Stern stuff. And he did uh, pretty much all the back classes or a lot of them like Stargazer, uh, Sea Witch, Nine oh, Ball. Oh, I do remember that now. I forgot all yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. He did, he did uh, Stargazer Playfield, Sea Witch Playfield. Um, the problem was with it, and, and I bought a couple of them, is the color wasn't quite right. It's not quite, you know, for a lot of people, it's fine. But for me, I, I don't know. I just I, I just like things a certain way. I want to be as close to original as possible. So um, the, the blue and the Stargazer wasn't, you know, uh, a, a really correct match for me. And um, and just the, the see which one, I don't know. It, it looked okay, but it's just like mine. The one I have in my game is fine anyway as it is. And so is my Stargazer really. So, I, you know, but I still have a Stargazer play field anyway. That I, I'm keeping just in case the Stargazer comes. Another Stargazer. They only made 863, I believe, of those. Whenever it comes away my, again and needs one, I can always throw it in there. Um, but Mirko, they did a really nice job um, of uh, Quicksilver just now. And for, I those un- those. for those unfamiliar, sorry to interrupt. For those unfamiliar, yeah. they're a German based company, right? Yes, German based company. They've done, I, mean, I first got one of their play fields for Funhouse, I have my wife's favorite game. And um, that that looks spectacular. Colors are spot on, clear coated. Um, everything was nice on it, and that looked great. So I know when they were doing this play field, it's like I definitely I saw pictures. Like okay, um, it looked great. So I I scored a couple of those. One for me, and one for I'm doing um, my my uh, best friend Paul. Since uh, I don't know kindergarten, we used to ride to our arcade all the time on bikes all the time and hung out there constantly. You've, on the uh, gate. You, you've spoke of uh, PJ several times in our past, uh, our past episode. So I think people are becoming familiar with PJ. Oh yeah. We, we bonded all these, all these uh, stirring games, especially Quicksilver. We love playing that one. So he brought me his to restore. He, unfortunately he put some, he had, he had storage problems uh, for his games. He had to put them in an unheated storage facility for, I don't know, a couple years and this Quicksilver was in it. It's like, oh, you know, I hate to look at this thing. He pulled it out, and it's like the rusty inside, and the play field's kind of crap. It's like, oh, oh, so bad. But these play fields became available, so I say, PJ, don't lose hope here. we got a brand-new play field to put in. It's going to be great. So he said, go for it. Let's make a really nice Quicksilver like like I have for him. So I, I bought a couple of them, so I'm going to be doing that uh, restoration for him down the road a piece. How much, how much did those uh, set you back? Those were hmm, somewhere around nine, eight hundred or so. Somewhere around there, eight hundred, nine hundred. I forget. Even with even with the shipping, with the shipping, it was under a grand. For the under a grand with right. shipping. Yeah. Well, okay. What about so? So that's on the horizon. You're going to do. I'm guessing both your game and his game at some point in time. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to do his game. I'm going to do his game. His game definitely needs it. My my original playfield is still really nice. So I have so many other things to restore before this one that need it more than this game does. My original game is, is great. So um, I'm going to do his and see how it plays and see if I really like it even more than mine. Then it's like, okay, maybe I'll do mine, it, you know, when I can get some free time. <laughs> I'm like the... Uh, I'm like the uh, the house repair guy or the house carpenter that uh, you're always and, you're always busy. What were you working on today? You told me eight ball, eight ball uh, deluxe. Eight ball deluxe. We got a 1983, yeah, yeah, the Bally Midway one. You know, right? The one swing out head, the one that's that's in second in demand 
compared to the 81, not the shorthead version that right. you can find everywhere that no one really wants. Uh, but this is the one that, that people want still. And uh, I made, I found a nice copy of it and I put, uh, you know, new side reels oh, on this it. Isn't a, this is a customer game? This is your game? Uh, it's my game I bought, but I already have it pre-sold to a customer. It's, oh, there it's, you go. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, it's it's already it's already spoken for. He's uh, I'm going to be delivering it shortly for him, and uh, yeah, it's going to be going up okay. to here. Let's uh, let's bring it back on track. I'll uh, sure. yep. around. What about uh, back glasses? Um, BG, no, BG Resto, the only person that can bail you out if you got a garbage back glass. Yeah, BG Resto is, is pretty much. You know, at this point, where you can get these the back classes for these, and they're you know they're decent, uh, not as good as an original. But what about, you got, what about Great Witch John? Did he do that back class? He did those, but not you know not up to really stuff for, for me anyway. For a lot of people, sure, well, you know. But for, blow, I mean, look, better than better than nothing. But I, better, I understand what you're saying. But I yeah, better than nothing. But it's like compared to original, I'll take the original. You know. Right, but you and I both know, other than I can only think of one person who might have those. And we talked, did we talk about him in one of the episodes? Mike Pesak. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I think we did. You did mention when him. he was on uh, Pickers and he's going through the filing cabinets and then he's got this like rack of back glasses. I just, I'm like, I wonder what the heck is in that stack. I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Oh, I, 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 I gotta, I still haven't seen an episode. I gotta check that out. Yeah, it's yeah. Other than them almost killing themselves trying to take a, a, a evil Knievel out of the rafters, which I think I said might have been staged. Who knows? It was kind they, of they, a, they, they, they yeah, they stage a lot of crap. They, they do. Yeah, it's, 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 it's Hollywood. Yeah. It's Hollywood. Yeah, it's, it's scripted reality. It's all Hollywood. It's Hollywood. Um, yep. Okay. I, I mean, on the restoration end, is there? I, I can't think of anything else that would be. I mean, cabinet. Well, cabinet's pretty simple. Um, as long as plastics, you got all the mechs, it sounds like someone put did a game back together. Someone did the plastics for these too. Oh, I forgot the about plastic. that. I'm sorry. So, who yeah. did those? Those weren't around for the longest time, and only until recently. Uh, ooh. I got a set, but I forget where I got them from. But uh, but they're out there. But and it's not uh, CPR. Not, not CPR. I don't think it was CPR. It was somebody else. Pretty sure somebody okay, else that did them. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They were out there. So they're again, out there. So search for those. If you need to, there everything is basically there. If you want to restore the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you can definitely restore the game. Uh, the, the hardest thing is the back glass, but you can do BG Resto and you get pretty darn close. They, they, they do the, the only thing with BG Resto, the colors are pretty nice and so forth. Sometimes the is not quite as sharp as it should be, but it's it's definitely, you know, it's like 95% there, you know, for, their stuff. for the average person, not the crazy collector. Given that we saw Stern release. See which. What do you think the odds of them releasing this game, Quicksilver? Either I think they'd be, cr- they'd be cr- a repro. My my question's kind of complex. As a repro by itself, so Quicksilver with all the new Stern Max, 
under another title, i.e. like Beatles, whatever that means. Well, I know, first of all, they'd be crazy not to because Quicksilver is a better game than Sea Witch. Right, um, but follow me. This is where I really want saying, and you're not alone, the cry is from a lot of other people, that Beatles plays differently than an original. And yes, I, I, I agree, it does. Why couldn't someone remanufacture all the mechs for a Quicksilver? Doesn't seem like it's pretty complex. I mean, well, for the original type of game. Well, you'd have to retool. You have to retool it. And that's their tooling now is for their modern Stern stuff. So they want to use what they got and what their tooling is all about. You know, they can go from game to game all new, and that's what they take it, are take it, take it one more level for me. When you say okay. tooling, I think of I shove this to a manufacturer. I'm not gonna get into you know where or who, but a manufacturer, you send them and they say, You buy a thousand of these target banks, this is what's what it's gonna cost you. I'm guessing yeah. that they have the molds or somebody has the molds for the targets. And I'm right. just looking at it. It's a saucer. It's two target banks. Other than that, it's not. there's not a lot of complexity there. You know that. Right. Yep. That, that's true. So, um, so, so, so follow me. I'm a, I'm a little out there with this. But what prohibits Stern from having two different lines? The classic line, because you know they got some great games that people would buy in a heartbeat or do you redesign the games and modernize them because that's what people want well here's the thing back a couple years i remember this exact thread on i think Pinside and rec games pinball even older and there's been a, a and i've actually been vocal about it way back when instead of all the new games with the ramps and the lights and the toppers and whatever and the video modes why don't we go back to the, the popular old school stuff that's actually very popular in all these uh these classic tournaments you see now, you see, uh, I think Papa or Pinberg there when they register for that, what is it gone within about what, five minutes to get the answer. You'll have to listen to part two of Quicksilver. Don't listen. If you don't want to hear our star Wars exchange, but you'll miss one of the most explosive pinball stories you'll ever hear. A can't and don't miss.